carbonly conversation. Quick question. Is this the podcast? Are we doing the podcast right now? Hello, everyone. Shane here. Welcome to another episode of Carbonly Conversations. Um, as always, this is a podcast where friends examine the intersection of community, lifestyle, and consumption in our lives. And we're trying to create a space uh, with this podcast to share our stories and motivate actions that lessen our carbon footprints and also allow you as a listener and supporter to share your Carbonly journey as well. Today, I've got Stephen and Chad with me. How's everything going, fellas? Fantastic. Bird chirping day. That's all yeah. I've been hearing since 4 a.m. Yeah, the birds are singing. Birds They're are singing. Pated. But as always, you know, follow us on Instagram, YouTube. Um, but we, as always, we appreciate your support. If you want to check out any of the other episodes of our conversations, all you need to do is just scroll down. <laughs> been a while we took yeah. a break <laughs> yeah it's been a break yeah we've been on vacation um go to our show notes click on find and join the conversations and then that'll take you to a page where you can listen to all of our past content and listen to us on whichever favorite podcast app you may be using We're we're pretty much available everywhere so check us out and we hope you enjoy this this uh conversation slash rant that we have going on today I care about my health a lot. And so I just remember literally one day I wrote down like in my notebook, you know, like this is something that I'm willing to spend the money on. Like, like no matter how, how much I'm making, how much my income is like, this is something that like I'm worth it to like spend the extra two or $3 per product to, to like make sure like, I just don't want to put poison in my body, you know, basically. So, um, we we went shopping, you know, um, and what I was sort of like kind of vetoing what they usually buy. Like they have, you know, the country crock butter. Uh, I looked at it and I realized nowhere on this, nowhere on the packaging does it say, you know, uh, and I was like, yeah, this is we're not buying this, you know, but it, it's way, no butter, yeah. it's not butter. It's, it says like in, in small fine print, you know, vegetable oil spread, you know, but I think most people just assume they're getting butter. And I think probably at one point, maybe it was butter. Uh, no, no, it was always manufactured uh, margarine. Well then, yeah. So and that's what I grew up on. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up on some country crop. <laughs> me, me too. Um, they, it, it doubles as it's, it's two birds with one stone. You get butter. And then at the end you get a container for your spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I ended up buying the, the carry gold, um, butter, mm-hmm. but it's like way more, it's like four ninety nine, five ninety nine, Um, and it's not as big as the tub of, yeah, you don't get a whole tub yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. And you don't you don't get Tupperware at the end. You just you just have paper. So, um, which again probably better for the environment. But um, 
it is like way more expensive the products they usually buy to like what I had them buy, and then seeing the difference in the bill at the end, I, we were just like, shit, you know. Um, but my mom did kind of like make the same deal that I did with myself is like, okay, well, I'm worth it. My health is worth it. This is an investment in me. So we're just gonna spend the extra dollars. Um, but it is something that I would be worth exploring. I just don't, it just, I just, I'm confused on why it costs that much, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when I could go to Sam's club and, get shampoo to last me six months, Mm -hmm. you know, for the same price. And that's definitely a barrier for most people. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's what stopped me from buying to slowly transition is just like, you know, the laundry detergent I use now is way smaller than what I used to use. And it's a little bit more expensive, but it's, you know, reducing my plastic waste and things like that. So Mm -hmm. most of the waste is like, it's, it's kind of the same on a, on like an individual consumer level. And, um, and uh, what do you call it? And a corporation level, like we're dealing with the same things. Most, most of the waste is coming from like businesses uh, and corporations um, and so it's hard for us to reduce our waste without taking on extra costs. Um, but I think I might have to do some research on this, but I think it's not the same. I guess it kind of depends, but it might not, it might be a, like more cost effective for corporations to be wasteful, you know? Yes. Cause in many ways, the what's the phrase? The responsibility or the burden of getting rid of the garbage and the end product falls on us. Yeah, the the corporations have no laws in almost every case or policies that they need to follow mm-hmm. follow um, that makes them responsible for what happens to their product after the consumer's done with it. Which and yeah, keep going. Sorry. Which is which is like the birthplace of like you know CSR, like um, corporate sustainability reporting and other processes corporations have created to showcase what they're actually doing to be more responsible in the simplest sense. And and in that case, like there's a bunch of companies out there like Intertech that makes flooring. They're a zero input. They're a closed, closed circle flooring company. So they've created the process to collect all of the old flooring that they've sold and been ripped up and use that to create new flooring that they sell back to consumers. Mm-hmm. And companies have made that pledge and made that decision, but have built business models around. But not everyone has, and there's no requirement for it. And if you like, just cut out the big middle part where we could discuss and learn and research on a whole bunch of what companies are and aren't doing and just go right to the, towards the end, we could talk about greenwashing. And I think a lot of what Mm -hmm. you two are exploring and seeing in this conversation is that you're starting to see what, how companies market this and at what price and at what cost. Right. And there's the cost of the environment, the cost of the consumer, the cost of the company to make it and who burdens or shoulders that. And is it really worth it? Mm. Um, 
I have opinions and a little bit of research fact on why I think this stuff costs more. But until you actually like dig in and find out like where in their supply chain is it the most expensive? Like, is it a whole bunch of labor to make that soap bar condensed mm-hmm. and have all that stuff in it? Maybe there's two ingredients that they're buying that they can't get cheaply because they're choosing not to use the palm oil of, or the yeah the p- palm oil, palm oil. It, but they're actually using something that's sustainably farmed. And so that costs like 800 times the ounce versus getting the, the shit that China is producing or somebody is selling, which then translates into $2 instead of two cents. Hmm. Like, <clears throat> so that that's the framework I've been working on. I mean, I would even argue why I, I've loved Allbirds for so long is because I don't have to go and do the research. They've, they've published it for you mm-hmm. to go and read and review. Yeah. Most people don't, but if you want to, you can, and you don't have to go find it. Yeah. Anyways, I love this. And the thing I like about Allbirds is that, and I mean, their prices are, as far as shoes, their clothing is a little up there, but for shoes for like a, I think their prices are pretty comparable to, you know, most, what most people are buying, paying for shoes, you know? Um, Yeah. Um, ex- those, uh, what is it? What is the one the VA has? The one with the V on the side? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, when I used to work at Stark, um, three different, I knew three different people that wore those, and I asked them, I was like, yo, are those comfortable? And they were all like, not really. <laughs> yeah, they don't look that comfortable. They don't look that comfortable. And I was like, "Why? Why do you wear them? Uh, because they—it's weird. They're—they are recycled, and it, and it like your dollar does go to a good cause, but it's not comfortable, and it's really expensive. Yeah, but I think yeah because it like Stark is like a luxury customer facing brand where like look your looks do matter, like literally like. If you come in and like your your clothes are wrinkled, we'll either like our supervisor will either like say like, hey, maybe you just stay in the office and stay out of the showroom today or they'll literally just send you home like it because we're selling luxury. So that's the reason why they, Mm -hmm. they bought those shoes. Most of the time people buy recycled shoes the sustainability is like the number one reason I've it's, it's kind of like this new, of course it happens in New York where like people buy recycled shoes and sustainability isn't even high on the list of why they purchased it. Think past like $45. You're not paying for, or like the taste of the wine or the quality of the wine anymore. Like if any bottle of wine costs more than $45, the cost is going to like the bottle or maybe the farmers get more of a cut or the advertising. It's not really the, you're not really making better wine, you know? Um, and it, it plateaus yeah. the quality of the wine. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes branding marketing slash like what do the reviewers or the sommeliers we look we listened to a really fascinating podcast over the weekend about like wine like is it a 
people that buy really expensive wine. Mm-hmm. What are they really buying? They're they're buying a share into something that's exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's 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 weird because it's sort of this this self fulfilling prophecy because if your if your wine label looks cheap, it will sell badly because uh, like the kind of snobbish like nature of drinking wine that's it like like there's you know we all know people that just don't really care too much about the taste of wine they just like it because they like getting drunk off wine so those people buy like barefoot or like whatever your 9.99 bottle of wine is and then past that Paul, Paul Masson, yeah the big joke yep Paul Masson. yep exactly uh, <laughs> um but then past that, you enter this other group of consumers where they're drinking wine because of status or or like they care about, you know, like something that's a little bit higher class as as much as it's perceived in their mind. So like if it looks cheap, like they won't buy like same thing about like dog food if you're selling, you know, like it's it's a whole advertising thing. Yeah, I've been tricked into buying the packaging before. Yeah, I know somebody that bought a thousand dollar bottle of wine, and like almost everyone that's bought yeah that expensive is... wine at like a restaurant, they're disappointed. Was it like super old? Because I know with wine, people look for vintage too, mm-hmm. but I don't know how far back you would want. But I think actually past a certain point. Again, I have to do more research. This is all like hearsay but i think past a certain point it's like you you can only age it so much before it you kind of get diminishing returns either the wine either stays the same or like it gets worse past a certain point what's the oldest wine you've drank chad like most vintage oh i probably had something in the early 2000s or late 90s Okay. Um, that bottle Stephen helped us drink was 2014, 2012. Oh, that was good wine. Oh, okay. If a wine is aged for too long, it will start to descend in decrepitude, where the fruit tastes hollow and weak while the wine's acidity becomes dominant. The natural, a lot of big words here, esterification that takes place in wines and other alcoholic beverages during the aging process is an example of acid catalyzed esterification. So I guess you can age wine for too long. Some of it, some of it's meant to be aged for a long time too. Yeah. And if it's stored properly, like in a temperature zone that doesn't fluctuate from like 45 to 60 with not a lot of humidity and not in direct sunlight and on its side. So the cork doesn't dry out. Ooh. Um, it, it, it will just get better. But then the older it is, when you open it and all that oxygen gets, like, you have to drink it right away. Damn. Because it'll... We should, we should do it's a, chemistry. We should do a wine. We episode. could do a whole series on, like, because there's biodynamic yeah. wine vineyards, there's natural organic wine. vineyards, there's natural wines. Um, the best wines can be whole- stored for more than 100 years, but most great wines will reach their peak before they turn 50 years old. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's a, it starts to turn. And some of these, 
people that I've known that collected wine. They're like, we have a party because we have found two cases of Chardonnay. That's we're going to keep opening and drinking and dump the ones that have turned and drink the ones that haven't because they've reached their prime. Oh, do you age white wine in the same? I always thought about yeah. when I thought about aging wines, I just always assumed red wine. Yeah, white wines you age that long too. You can age white wine too. Yeah. Hmm. All right. In Kentucky, we went to this. Uh, we went on these two bourbon tours, and uh, we went to one called Peerless. Hmm. We're like. What is it? What is it like? Eight barrels or they, yeah, something they, ridiculously it's all, small. It's every bottle they sell is batched out of the same barrels. So like you get the barrel strength bourbon or rye from in a bottle from the same barrel. Like so, it's not mixed with other barrels. Hmm. And yeah, which I and they the only make so many. Yeah. Um. And so they're they're only bottling like eight barrels a day whereas like that evans that heaven's hill they do like eight thousand or eighty thousand a day it's it's insane the amount of bourbon yeah. that they make mm-hmm. on heaven's hill so sorry i got on off a rant shane what were you gonna bring up about peerless <laughs> no no i was just saying like how the because <clears throat> we were talking about like the prices of wine like the peerless was a lot more expensive, like we went to, I mean, Evan Williams, of course, is part of a bigger conglomerate, so they can make it cheaper and they make a lot more. So that's the main reason for the price differential. But like, I mean, the peerless was like, Evan Williams was what, 30 bucks for their cheapest one. Peerless was like 140 for her bottle, Damn. but it was good. It, it put me to, it put me to sleep. There's a guy on TikTok. (laughs) There's a guy on TikTok that all he does is he finds like uh, comparable or better um, spirits at like a cheaper price. Like he'll be like, if you like Patron, try this kind of tequila. And I think it was like Fortaleza, which is like half the price, but like a better tasting, you know, like, because like, again, once you go past a certain price point you're just paying for the brand um and um yeah i found his tiktok and i've been saving like all the videos yeah yeah well yeah and so much of the the consumption of different types of liquor wine it has to do with like the environment where you're at the people you're with what's your intention and and it just becomes like a hobby like i would like to try this i like to try that but i think from the Mm -hmm. carbonly point of view like, I mean, we could, everything that's bottled in glass can be recycled. Little plastic tops can be recycled. Like it's like what we learn in these bourbon tours is that that mash that they cook down and after they distill it, all the, the alcohol vapors get pulled off all of the mash that falls down and all the, they feed it to the pigs and cows that are, live in the Kentucky and mm-hmm. Indiana <laughs> That live on the farms that the corn is grown and some of the rye is grown. That's all shipped in. Um, not a lot of them promote like this is all sustainable farming. Some do, but like the byproducts aren't being thrown away. Yeah. But there's that whole shipping industry. Like all these trucks are hauling these bottles of booze out. Um, all those pellets have to be made. All that plastic wrap is, has to be made. So it's these are big 
big, some of them are big productions. So there's definitely multiple rabbit holes in wine and fine spirit production. Yeah. We could explore this topic more about just like how sustainable products are like more expensive. We could find a route we want to take, whether it's like, oh, this compared to this, the price differential, or Mm -hmm. I would also just like to talk about that's kind of one of my main setbacks of like really converting to a sustainable life is because these products just cost so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also I recently bought a, the ring, the ring doorbells. I ended up, I did the battery operated one because I didn't want to have to pay an electrician to run because my house didn't have a doorbell. So it wasn't like I could just like replace it. Um, So I bought the battery operated one and like my, my street's kind of busy and I have my zones pretty large. So like the battery dies a little quicker. Um, But I, and I got tired of like, so like right before we went to Kentucky, my battery was low. So I had to like, make sure like, Oh, I need to charge it before I leave so that my ring camera is working while I'm gone. Uh So I bought a, a, I bought a solar ring cells, these solar, solar panels that, connect to your door, your battery operated cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll connect that once the weather is good enough. So maybe in the next week or two, and I was just gonna like record myself through the process. Cause I just think it's like a, it could just be like a sustainable salute, a very affordable, sustainable solution for some people. Mm-hmm. Well, fellas, what a great rant. Is there any last words before we peace out and wish each other a carbonly day? Have a carbonly week? Man, we talk so much about how being sustainable is expensive, which it kind of seems, you know, like a no-brainer, like, I don't know if that is sustainable. Who has who has endless money? Literally less than one percent. So um damn. I completely forgot what I was going to say. Bye. <laughs> That's how hard it is to be sustainable. We can't keep our, <laughs> our, our train of thought going. <laughs> if you thought today's conversation was interesting, continue to tune in. So Unless I hit record button 27 minutes ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep, I, saw I, I think there's like at least a 15 minute like rant session in here. I will edit up. <laughs> <laughs>